welcome to Enhance the UK's Undressing Disability podcast, where we strip back all things taboo on sex and disability. So welcome to another episode. We are going to welcome our next guest, Eliza, who goes by the name of Disabled Eliza. Is that right on Instagram? Yeah. Before we start, Eliza, can you just, for the sake of everybody listening, could you just, well, number one, tell us about yourself, but also can you audio describe yourself? Because you're not, you're not vanilla. <laughs> you're very colourful and gorgeous. Could you audio describe yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm Eliza. Um, I am a disabled content creator online. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. And I do a lot of work around disability awareness, uh, questioning the society's notion of what a disabled person is or looks like in quotes um, because I think that we have quite a limited view within our society Um, and yeah a lot of my work is also just about like making fellow disabled people feel safe and seen and heard in my little corner of the internet Um, and yeah I'm all about the (laughs) colour So I am white. Um, I have tattoos on my right arm um, of bugs with various different fruit for them to eat. Um, And I have rainbow hair. So it starts purple, goes to pink, goes to orange, goes to yellow, to green, to yellow and then to orange again um, across my whole head. Um, And I normally am wearing a rainbow pair of dungarees. That tends to be how it goes. Um, And I'll have a black eyeliner um, on my eye and um, yeah so that's that's what I look like and who I am um, so yeah. That's a, that's a brilliant description. Do you do your own hair or do you get someone to do it? No I have a friend who does it um, and she does a very very good job. It's um, the Chronic Iconic on Instagram um, and yeah she she does it for me. I'm very grateful. <laughs> No, that because that's got to be maintenance. That's got to be high maintenance. I can just about yeah. cope with like a belliage that I like grow out <laughs> very, very, you know, very, very quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you dare, and I know we don't like to talk about age, uh, but you know, you're you're 24 years old, and frankly, you're smashing it at the moment. Talking about you know your disability and LGBTQ plus, and I mean, actually, if you're happy, are you happy to share a little bit about your condition? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I'm bisexual and non-binary, so that's sort of where my LGBTQ plus identity falls. I'm very keen on for myself uh, labels because. I'm neurodivergent, so I'm diagnosed with dyslexia, dyspraxia and OCD, although I'm currently waiting for a potential autism diagnosis as well. Um, And in terms of kind of health wise, um, so I have a condition called hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So I have widespread pain across my body. It affects all aspects internally and externally. Um, I dislocate regularly. I get tired very easily um, and need to sit down, need to use a wheelchair. Um, I also have Crohn's disease, so I have a lot of stomach issues um, and POTS, which kind of comes with the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome a lot of the time um, and kind of bladder issues as well. So I sort of feel that I'm affected from head to toe (laughs) in lots of different areas of my body. Um, But I kind of 
try to keep on top of things as much as I can um, but definitely do struggle I've been really lucky over the last kind of year or so I've actually finally got a bit more of a supportive healthcare system in place um, because I've finally kind of got some diagnoses and been put on more like medication that's actually helping and things like that uh, which has been really good for me um, because I've actually kind of got a much more supportive team now because um, I was looking for a diagnosis of the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome for a really really long time so um, but yeah that's kind of me and how my disability affects me day to day. I think it's it's interesting because, you know, obviously through Enhance, I would say obviously, but through Enhance, we work with lots of people with a massive range of impairments. And people often talk about, you know, disability community. And I'm I'm the first mm-hmm. person to say, what what community is that? Because you know, it's very fragmented because there's, uh-huh. such, you know, the, we all have very different conditions that affect us in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And also just about how open we are at talking about about things. Mm-hmm. And I find that a lot of people that identify as LGBTQ plus or queer really kind of a lot of the time have more um of a a sense of community sometimes um, and an ability to talk quite openly about about things Um, Mm -hmm. do you do you feel like that's that's the case with you because you know at 24 you're very open about your sexuality which that's definitely not the case for for everybody um yeah I think it's really interesting that you say that because I didn't used to be open. So I actually um, was brought up in the church. I was brought up in a religious household. And although my family was never, um, never said anything against LGBT and actually were very, very supportive. um, Unfortunately, my school and a lot of people that I was with, not everybody, but a lot of people I was with um, were quite anti LGBT. um, And that was definitely quite hard to deal with as a, kid um I remember at school there was um a a female teacher who was getting married um and she was marrying a woman and we used to do this um like a big event every time a teacher got married where we'd allow we'd like put like sticks up and they'd run through and it was all a big celebration but we didn't do it for her because of the relationship um so I kind of hid that part of me away um but when I was kind of my condition started to really impact me more um that I was much more aware of what was going on and stuff um and that was kind of when I became a bit more open um and aware of things and and started talking about what my sexuality was and unpacking that and unpacking what my gender was and things like that and really found a community there so I think that it's that you you kind of can find support and kind of learn to be open about it um and I kind of then had family members who also came out as um, LGBT and that really helped me to then be more confident in myself. Um, but I'm always, I guess I, I now am very conscious to take up space because I think with disabled people and LGBTQ plus people so often society wants us to kind of be quiet and stay in the corner or stay at home. But I kind of actively do the opposite. And when I am out and about, I actively take up space and avoid as much as I can it's much easier said than done but you know apologizing for when something isn't accessible for me I'll often I used to kind of fall into apologizing to them for me being there um whereas actually it's not my fault it's totally 100% their fault for not making something accessible so I I guess I sort of had to teach myself to take up space um and a lot of that's come through being around other 
LGBTQ plus people and other disabled people online and learning from them. Um, and there's definitely particular kind of content creators that really helped me along that journey um, to be able to understand my disability um, and to be kind of loud and proud about it because so often we're taught not to be. So, yeah. But it's interesting, isn't it? Even everything that comes in, you know, with your colourful hair and your dungarees and, you know, that that kind of taking up space. I think that's so the opposite to what most people feel that they should be, mm-hmm. not even whether they're disabled or not, actually. Mm-hmm. But we just kind of get our head down a little bit and and, and just kind of apologise and do the very British thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we decide that we're going to, to, to tell people, then that can be seen and received in a beautiful way but also it can be received in a really negative way how do you how do you find that how do people receive you kind of like while you're taking up this space as you know as as you as you call it um I definitely get very mixed reactions so in public most people I think try I kind of look at me like oh the poor disabled person do you need help with things and like obviously I don't mind if somebody asks politely or whatever but I have had people like push my wheelchair without asking um or kind of start doing things without asking and that can make me feel quite uncomfortable and then when I kind of will politely say like can we not then they can kind of be a bit taken back and be like oh you know I thought that you needed help I was just being nice and and I get that you know a lot of the time people are just do just have good intentions but then I think sometimes you kind of have to question where those intentions come from do they come from the fact that society views disabled people as sort of help helpless and you know and obviously sometimes I do need help and it's completely okay to need help um because I do I can't do things in the house like cooking and things like that um but I'm not kind of a child because I need that support but online um I get very mixed reactions either people really really like it and I think they kind of feel really seen or they don't like it and will be quite horrible to me which definitely does happen um particularly when I'm talking about like disability issues that maybe are a little bit more quote-unquote controversial um in the sense like uh access needs for example I did a video um, where I spoke about the fact that some disabled people need single-use plastic straws and the backlash I got from that was just like astronomical just people saying really terrible things like what? Um, what kind of things were being said that it's for the greater good if disabled people don't have straws it doesn't matter we need to protect the environment over a small group of people um and you're kind of there like what that's ridiculous and what's also quite frustrating about those situations is that a lot of the people who are saying things like this will then go home and will buy from fast fashion or will eat fish or whatever and I don't I don't care what people eat or do or you know what they need to access for themselves that isn't what bothers me it's just more the fact that if you're judging somebody else for their access needs whilst doing things that aren't you know maybe a hundred percent environmental or whatever um why are you judging a disabled person for what they physically need if you're then doing things that you need whatever you judge something that you need you know as so that can be quite frustrating but um and then people will say quite terrible things um and that can be hard so I get I do get a real mix of things online um I also get a lot of obviously a lot of like um homophobia and stuff um but the main thing that bothers me and most people do online to kind of get under my skin is just tell me that I'm faking being disabled um I get that a lot as well um because I think I don't look 
like what maybe you're taught a disabled person looks like whatever that is um in school or whatever or from adverts so people will kind of be like you can't be disabled if you wear colorful clothes or like you I don't know wear makeup or whatever so people are people actually still saying that yeah regularly wow <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> I mean sometimes I, I when a video goes viral it can I mean I had one person for example yesterday who commented on um I think 50 TikTok videos I've created about how I was faking being disabled and that he apparently worked for Pip and was going to send off my stuff and catch me out or whatever um and I was kind of like okay um so yeah it is quite a regular thing and also you'll find that trolls will um target multiple people in the community so they'll they'll kind of go for lots of people's pages um which is obviously frustrating so yeah it's a real mix but then the other side of it is that other people do really love it and they're really supportive and lovely and kind and I'm always so grateful to have those people on board who really do support me in what I do and um I am so lucky to have them and and they're a support to me as well so um yeah it's it's a mix try and focus on the good stuff though (laughs) I was going to say, it's so hard because you're saying it in very matter of factly, you know, but but that's really hard, isn't it? When people say mean things to you, whether you know them or not, you, it's, it's got to impact you. It's got to impact your mental health and your and your physical health. And do you read those things or do you just kind of just try and dismiss it and go, they're just trolls? You know, I'm just going to ignore it. How do you cope with that? And and I hate to bring age in. But, you know, at a young age as well, you know, it's a lot to take on. Yeah, um, I deal with it in a real mix of different ways, depending on how I'm feeling. And because I think sometimes I can kind of come across online um, as quite confident and, um, you know, really confident in my disabled identity and who I am. But I think behind the scenes, I'm maybe not quite as confident as I might portray (laughs) um and obviously I do have OCD and my OCD is very focused on um intrusive thoughts without any visible compulsions but I do have um kind of non-visible compulsions or like I'll ask for reassurance a lot um so they definitely do affect me and some days it is better than others and it can kind of trigger like intrusive thoughts about the fact that maybe I am faking what if I'm just doing all of this for attention and blah 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 and all of that but the main way that I deal with it is generally through therapy and support and I have a really good support network and I've got a really good medical team now who does support me and I know that you, you know you I'm not faking it and it I, I know that logically but it does get definitely does get hard sometimes and it can be hard to um really stick to that and sometimes I do just need to put my phone down because I try not to read all of my comments because I can find that you can kind of get go in a bit of a spiral and and um it can be quite difficult but you know they still do pop up because if you open your phone and go in your notifications they will you know will be there um so it can be difficult to kind of put that boundary in but the way I deal with it mainly is one focusing on the good things and um yeah therapy good support network but I think it would be a lie to say that it doesn't affect me and there's kind of this notion online where it's like oh it's just a troll or whatever but you know when you get a thousand comments like that day <laughs> it's um it's not it doesn't it does get quite tiring and, and a lot um so yeah it definitely can be it definitely can be hard um so yeah I think you know 
kudos to you and people like you because I've always been for want of a better word an activist and disabled activist and but I've always done it through the present you know that's why I set a charity up I did it through an organization so you know there's an umbrella I'm not always Mm -hmm. the face of you know um and I I I know I would struggle with that I know I really really would but we need people like you to be the face of to be having these conversations because if you weren't then who would be and we can do a certain extent as a charity and organization but you need individuals to be out there and say look you can have tattoos you can have your hair colorful you can go and have sex you can get a vibe you can do whatever you want to do and I think that's a really important thing um certainly from Enhance's point of view we all say right okay we need to run general disability awareness training as well as running the undressing disability Mm. campaign to because there's no point empowering lots of disabled people if they're then going out into the community and then non-disabled people are not getting it (laughs) yeah 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 and that's the thing, isn't it? It's about these kind of, you know, education. So where do you, I mean, you're, like I said, you're smashing it on, on, on Instagram and you're doing really well. What's like the ultimate dream for you, like professionally and and, and, and personally as well, I guess? Yeah, good question. And maybe one, my answer might not be, it might be a bit of an annoying answer, but, um, so growing up, I was very, very, very goal focused. So I, I kind of like I went and did graphic design at university and I was like, I'm going to get a design job at this design agency when I leave. And I did. Um, but it didn't really work out physically. I was exhausted. I was in pain. I was going into an office every day, nine till six. And it, I was at the weekend just like not being able to do anything else with my time. At the time, I didn't have a diagnosis. Um, and so I just really wasn't coping and that was when I actually got my kind of OCD diagnosis and then um, my mobility kind of declined around that time as well and through a lot of work I sort of changed my goals a bit um, to just being able to enjoy what I'm doing at the moment because for me my life is uncertain I don't know how long I'm going to be able to work for I don't know how long I'm going to be able to carry on doing the things that I'm doing at the rate that I'm doing them at the moment because my health is unpredictable and unstable and I think sometimes when you focus on that a lot that can be a a lot I kind of describe it as like I feel like I'm a ticking bomb that at any moment it could just go off and and that would be I might not be very well for a long time Um, now that doesn't mean it's definitely going to happen it might not I might be quite well for a very long period of time um but you know it is likely at some point I'm going to need to go and have surgery or be in hospital for a you know a long period of time and things like that and so because of that I kind of I guess retrained myself to focus on what I'm doing at the moment do I have access to my basic needs right now um and that was very much what my therapy has always been focused on and what I really found comfort in Um, so I guess my goal in that sense is to be happy in what I'm doing at the moment and, um, to be as comfortable as possible. Um, in terms of kind of like social media goals, um, I try not to focus too much on numbers. Uh, there's definitely people who I kind of would love to do collaborations with, and that would be really 
um, exciting. One of my um, most recent goals was to be a model. And I've, I recently was just asked to model for two of my favorite brands. So I've just done that. And that was really exciting. So I guess I kind of have like smaller goals now that are important to me. Um, but my main goal is just to allow disabled people to feel seen and heard and, um, and to know that they are, you know, amazing, wonderful, valid members of the society that we live in um and I guess just educate um and those are kind of my main my main things and like I'd love to see disability education in school and in tv programs and I guess the ultimate goal for everyone who does this kind of work is for full equality um and that would be amazing to see um but I think you know small steps I guess is good um and like Sex education, for example, was the first time that I'd ever seen a disabled person on the TV having a relationship with somebody. Um, I'd never seen that before as a disabled person. Um, And I just sat there and watched it in complete tears, just thinking, like, I've never seen this before. And this is just absolutely amazing. Um, And so I guess more of that to the point that I don't feel amazed to see it anymore. That is just you know, oh, there's me on the TV, you know, this person represents me and what I do with my time. Um, So I guess those are kind of my, my goals. It's really, uh, well, they're great goals. And I think it's a discipline in itself, just saying, right, I need to live in the moment because we can say these things, but it's really hard to do. And, you know, yeah, you're always just thinking, right, what's the next thing and what's the next yeah, thing, what's the next project that I should be doing and, and actually being able to kind of rein ourselves back a bit. And, you know, especially when you're living with a condition where you can, you know, have flare ups. I mean, the most yeah, common yeah. thing you'll say you're here within our team is, I'm having a flare, you know, mm-hmm. because most of us have an autoimmune condition and, mm-hmm. and, and days are good and days are bad and being able to kind of pace yourself and look after each other. And I think that's the, the, the key thing, isn't it? It's um, just human, basic human kindness about understanding mm-hmm. that conditions flare. Um, it's interesting, actually, what you say about sex education, because it is great that, that they actually contacted us and asked us to um, uh, go down and, and work with them on those scenes um and actually get it right and I think this is what we want more of isn't it representation mm. and, and and tv programs etc saying can you teach us as you know as disabled people can you tell us what these narratives should be can you tell us mm. the true storylines of how these things go um and that's what that's what people want you know true representation right yeah um, that it's that it's realistic um but I think you know I think it's it's brilliant what you're doing and I would find it incredibly hard, as I said, you know, with negative comments, I think anyone would be, but absolutely hats off to you for doing that because there are more people that are getting positive, you know, messages from what you're doing than the people that are ignorant and saying, you know, saying these horrible negative things. Um, and absolutely kudos for you for doing that. And I think that hopefully as generations go, social media can be a terrible place in so many ways but also can be a really beautiful positive place um and people can find that so I mean before we end you know you spoke about like collaborations is there any like are there any like key people that you want to mention that you'd love to work with maybe we can maybe we can make this happen 
um yeah there's definitely a few uh so like Hannah Witten is one um I've been following Hannah for a long time um, we work very closely with Hannah so I'm sure we can <laughs> chat to Hannah <laughs> um and Jessica Calgreen Fozard as well is another one um so oh, we work very closely with Jess I'm sure we can these <laughs> um so yeah those are kind of like two people and you know what without them I wouldn't be doing the work I'm doing now and um like Jessica was the first time that I kind of watched a video and was like she said I'm a disabled person and that was kind of the first time that I learned what that was and and you know that it was me because I never had a label for that before um and so that you know without that work I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now so it's um yeah I'm very grateful to them for kind of leading the way I guess and talking about these things um because I think it's so important um so yeah well you know what once this is out I'm going to make a point of sending this podcast to them <laughs> and saying guys you had a personal shout out we need to make we need to, we need to make this happen something be- something beautiful um well look, you know I really really appreciate you taking time out to to chat to us and um can you just say again your you know your Instagram handle and anything anything else that you've got you know that people want to follow you or, or anything that you're doing that you'd like to let people know about yeah, so um, my socials are disabled underscore Eliza or disabled Eliza across all of them. So I'm kind of on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the main things that I'm on. And I kind of update everyone on there about any projects that I've got coming up. Um, and I've got a couple of exciting things in the works that hopefully will be up in the next few weeks. So uh, yeah, that's kind of the best way to keep up to date with me. Um, with what I'm doing um, and kind of support my work Um, so yeah brilliant thank you so much and I said you should be you know genuinely you should be really proud of yourself because I think it's a it's a it's it's a brave thing to do and I don't like using that word and I don't use it lightly but it is a brave thing to do to put yourself out there as an individual and smash through stereotypes knowing you know that there's a chance that people might say things that are negative but doing it anyway and um you know I I wasn't that confident and I know I keep going on about age because I'm I'm 42 and it's even at this point in my life I still not always that confident at talking about you know where I sit in certain communities and what my stance is and I've been going through this journey for a lot longer than you so um it's 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 really difficult so I think a lot of people that are listening will are really like you know hopefully you're going to be doing what you said that Hannah and and Jester to you you're going to be doing the same for other people so you know that's a really good amazing thing so look, thank you so much for joining us I really really appreciate it thank you so much it was lovely to talk to you thank you so much for listening If you'd like any more information about the work we do under the Undressing Disability campaign, then go on to our website at enhanceuk.org and click on the Undressing Disability tab.